0: So we're getting closer and closer to free agency, period. Welcome to another episode of the Buckets Mentality Podcast. Today we're going to be talking some New York Knicks. We're going to be talking about the Los Angeles Clippers and them making a big-time acquisition. And then we're going to be talking about the landscape of the Western Conference after the Denver Nuggets had some action in the trade market. Obviously, we touched on it in the last episode about Kyrie Irving. He's sticking around with the Brooklyn Nets. We shall see what else is coming In terms of free agency period, we'll start out by talking about the Knicks and Jalen Brunson is rumored to be headed to the New York Knicks. They're saying a four-year $110 million contract and a lot of outrage from Knicks fans, from just the NBA community as a whole, wanting to slander and jump on the New York Knicks. And I get it. Every year they strike out on the big time free agents. They end up having to pay some lower level guys. Last year was Evan Fournier. You had one's doing well, getting paid, and you just go down the line. The New York Knicks, ever since they were able to acquire Carmelo Anthony, haven't really made much ground on all these big names they've been trying to go after. But this move, I feel like the pushback is not really warranted in the same type of way. Four years, $110 million on the surface, it does seem like a lot of money, and it definitely is. But for a team like the New York Knicks, who you can't really get any big time pieces to get a guy in Jalen Brunson, who is only 25 years old, he's a solid enough point guard and in a bigger role with the New York Knicks, you know, he could actually make a big time impact on that basketball team. He's pretty good on defense, but more so, I like how he's developed into a guy that can handle the ball, that can create off of pick and roll action. He averaged 16 points per game. He shot 50% from the field, 37% from three, and he's giving you about five assists a game. And by the time his contract is up, he'll only be like 29 years old. So it's not like you're paying some wash guy that's over the hill. I know it's not like one of those higher level star players, but he's still a very, very solid player. And I think him next to RJ Barrett and Julius Randle, If they do decide to keep Julius Randle, maybe they move Julius. Hopefully they prefer to move Julius Randle because he definitely did not produce as the Knicks expected him to after making All-NBA the year before. But I don't mind the move, honestly. And I think it's just the reputation of the Knicks and the fact that they can't attract bigger names to come to Madison Square Garden, which is why they're getting so much slander for this. But if you watch Jalen Brunson play this past season, he's a very, very solid player. And I don't think it's going to be that terrible of a contract. I do think it's going to be a reality check for him not playing next to Luka Doncic. I do think Luka Doncic did impact him in a positive way. I think he actually played better next to Luka Doncic. A lot of people say, oh, Luka Doncic is ball dominant. And if Brunson has the ball more now nah, I feel like, if anything, Brunson is better used as more of a secondary type of ball handler, having a guy that can be a primary ball handler that can make decisions. And maybe R.J. Barrett. We'll have a lot of opportunities to handle the ball as well with New York Knicks. But all I'm going to say is it's going to be a reality check not playing with one of the best playmakers and overall offensive weapons in the game. But I don't necessarily mind it. I'm, I'm more so like on the fence about it, like somewhere in the middle. You know, I don't think it's terrible, but it's not like some great move. It's like, oh, the New York Knicks made a big time splash. No, it's cool. It's cool. It's solid. Um, so yeah, those are my thoughts on that. If it does happen, again, it's not finalized. He maybe could still come back to the Mavericks. They're building something pretty nice, adding Christian Wood in their own right. But it's looking like Brunson's headed to the New York Knicks. And in order to clear even more cap space for Brunson, they ended up trading Alec Burks and their Noel to the Detroit Pistons. So that's interesting. They're really just making sure they got all that money to throw to Jalen Brunson, which is kind of why they're getting a lot of flack. But anyways, moving on, talking about the Los Angeles Clippers, they were able to acquire another point guard. And for me, I've been wanting the Clippers to get a guy that can make plays and that could kind of set the table for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And they did exactly that with the acquisition of John Wall. And John Wall still making like $40 million from his buyout with the Houston Rockets. So it's going to be a very cheap contract that the Clippers get him on, and they didn't have to trade any assets to acquire him. So very, very good fit. I do think John Wall is a guy that is not obviously the same player that he once was at his peak in his prime, but he was still a very, very solid player to even good player, I would say, with the Houston Rockets. Obviously, when he was with Houston, they were not in any – mode of contention. I mean, they had James Harden, you know, for a little bit before they shipped him off. But other than that, I mean, he's a guy that can still get downhill. He can still put pressure on the rim. He can still make plays for others. I don't know about his defense. I mean, he has athleticism and he can make some plays on the defensive end when needed. Like he's not going to be a liability, but I don't know if he's going to bring you a huge positive impact on the defensive side of the ball. But regardless, I just think in terms of point guard play, he's definitely someone that I trust making decisions with the ball in his hands. And I do believe he's going to start, which will put Reggie Jackson back to the bench. But even if he does come off the bench, I think he's just someone that can add to your depth. He can give you good minutes and he can make the game easier for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, which obviously we're seeing with another L.A. team. Their point guard is not necessarily making the game easier for their two stars. Uh, so I think that'll be a bit refreshing for the Clippers to have a guy, in John Wall, that can do that and we'll see how it pans out. You know, I don't think it's like, Oh, now they have a certified big three. No, but he's going to be a piece that can help them. And, now you're you're seeing all these jokes about them being a hospital team because John Wall was coming off injury. You have Kawhi Leonard coming off of a serious injury, you had Paul George coming off the injury, which caused him to miss the second play in game. So that's gonna be the big key with the Los Angeles Clippers. It's gonna be health, and it's gonna be are these guys still, as I once coined, the paper clips, you know, in the bubble where it just seems like on paper they were a lot better than what they were in actuality. And it wasn't even just a bubble. Okay. People have amnesia about that. Even during the regular season, it was like, you can't get Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on the court at the same time. And then when they were on the court at the same time, they were good, but like, they still left a lot to be desired. And on paper, they kind of looked better than they actually did in all actuality. Is that still going to be the case with the Los Angeles Clippers? We have yet to see. We'll, We'll figure that out. But I tend to believe that there's just something about the Clippers organization that I can't fully trust. You know, and, and it sounds weird, but you go even back to the Lob City days. There's just been something a little bit off. Are they contenders? Absolutely. Is Kawhi good enough to be a number one option on the championship team? Yes, he's proven it. Has Paul George proven that he's good enough to be a number two option? I mean, sometimes he's been a little shaky. You know, we saw the pandemic P type stuff. But yes, I do believe Paul George is good enough to be a number two option for a championship team. And they have clearly the depth. They just got Zubots back on a three-year deal. They'll probably look to trade Marcus Morris and they could get some compensation for that. But they do still have Norman Powell, you know, like who they acquired in that Portland trade. Also got Robert Covington. So the Clippers, they have a championship level roster. They have a championship level coach in Tyron Lu. But there's just something about them that makes me have a little cause to pause. I did see a three-team kind of start, bench, cut type of situation where they were referring to the Lakers, the Nets, and the Clippers, and they are like, which big three would you rather have or whatnot? And I kind of took this question in two ways. Like, on one hand, if we're looking at purely the trio, I mean— You got to look at the Brooklyn Nets having Ben Simmons as at number three, and he's probably a better number three than anyone that the Clippers or the Lakers bring to the table. In terms of the number two option, you look at Kyrie Irving, you look at Anthony Davis, you look at Paul George, and I'd say that Anthony Davis, when he's healthy and whole, I think he is the best second option out of those three, although it is very close. I feel like that one's the one that's most up for grabs. And then, well, also, the number one option is is somewhat up for grabs, too, when you're talking about Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, and Kevin Durant. So, I guess you would have to say for a trio that the Nets would probably have the best trio because Ben Simmons, I mean, he's just clearly better than Russell Westbrook at this stage, and he's better than... I guess you say John Wall at this stage. So I guess you lean Brooklyn Nets for the trio. If you're talking about a duo, though, you're going to say the Lakers, at least in my opinion, when you factor in the fit and the talent of the two, I'm taking LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and they've already proven themselves, which these other two duos, if we're talking about together, collectively, haven't proven what LeBron James and ADF proven. But if we're talking about which team is the best team going into next season, complete roster, coaching, depth, offense, defense. I have to say the Los Angeles Clippers, you know, I expect the Los Angeles Clippers to be the most successful out of those three teams. So it's very interesting, uh, when I saw that, so I had had to bring that up, but yeah, I think John Wall is going to be a key piece for the Los Angeles Clippers. I think that was a good pickup. He's boys with Paul George. I think that would be fun to see how that plays out in terms of another question I saw posed, uh, I believe it was they asked Draymond this. This has been a topic on like first take and stuff. But who is the biggest threat to the Warriors in the Western Conference or who's the favorites going into the next year? First of all, the favorites are the Golden State Warriors. No doubt about that. But who's the biggest threat to Golden State? A lot of people would initially say the Los Angeles Clippers. And I think there's a lot of validity to that. But at the same time, if you're looking for another team, I'm thinking Denver Nuggets got a real chance of being the the biggest threat. And you have Jokic now back-to-back MVPs. If he gets Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back, that's what everyone's been saying. Oh, they're about to do some damage. And we saw them come back from down 3-1 against the Clippers in the bubble. We saw them make it to the Western Conference Finals when they were last healthy. We saw how crazy Jamal Murray was going. And I'm of the belief that Jamal Murray is a bucket getter. He can be a number two guy on a championship contender and and potentially a championship team if he takes that next step. So I believe, or at least a number three guy, because I think between Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray, one of those two guys is good enough or can get to the point where they're good enough to be the number two on a championship team. And you have all those three clicking on all cylinders. That is a scary team for anybody in the Western Conference. So I believe that Jamal Murray outside of the bubble can still be that type of bucket getter that can match a star player on the opposing team and and him and Jokic can make a crazy dynamic in the pick and roll game. So I definitely believe in the Nuggets, but similar to the Clippers, you're you're factoring in injuries here, right? What's Jamal Murray going to look like post the injury? What is Michael Porter Jr. going to look like post the injury? But if we're giving both teams the benefit of the doubt as far as injuries go, and yes, Denver did lose a little bit of depth, in their recent transaction, but I do believe they got the best player in the trade in terms of trading Monte Morris and Will Barton for Contavious Caldwell Pope. I really like what Contavious brings on both ends of the floor. He's a proven winner, a proven champion. He's a guy that's three and D to the T, and sometimes he can be inconsistent with his three-point shot, but he's a threat to shoot from three, and he plays really, really good on the ball defense. So I think that's a great piece for them in their closing lineup. And the Denver Nuggets always find a way to have good depth. Michael Malone is a good head coach in this league. And you have Nikola Jokic at some point. Again, I didn't believe he deserved to win the MVP this year, but this is a back-to-back MVP. At some point, you give him his crew. And as much as I like Michael Porter and And Jamal Murray, that should be a team that you're looking at as legitimate championship contenders. So when I see the Denver Nuggets, that's what I see, legitimate championship contenders. And I might trust them more than I trust the Los Angeles Clippers. I don't know for sure. I want to see how it plays out. But I might have a little bit more faith in them if we're accounting for the injuries and whatnot than I do for the Los Angeles Clippers. But we'll see how it plays out. I think that's going to be really tight atop the Western Conference Obviously, Memphis Grizzlies and Dallas, they're going to have something to say about that. Um, Will the Lakers have something to say about it? Who knows? Probably not, you know, with this whole Russell Westbrook thing. But there's a lot of contenders in the Western Conference to watch out for. So that's probably going to do it. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. I'm out. Peace.